Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's 4th of July Saturday special is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I hope you guys have a safe and an enjoyable holiday. Wanted to give you a little bit of something to ride around during your holiday commute with. So, on our last edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, we talked about some of the updates we got about the preseason, notably the canceling of Game 1 and Game 4. Well, there are more updates now to the preseason and what we could see. And also, we need to talk about the impact on the players. We talked about the process, the risk involved, but there are football-related issues that come along with canceling the preseason and the shortened and limited process that the players and the teams are going to go through throughout the next couple of months until we get to kickoff. So I want to talk about some of those as kind of our lead story out of the gate today. But then... It is the 4th of July holiday, so let's have a little bit of fun in our second segment and talk about the top four most explosive Titans. So obviously, a lot of us are going to be enjoying the fireworks tonight. Let's talk about some fireworks that the Titans provide and talk about the most explosive players on the team. And then finally, in lieu of our weekend mailbag, it's a holiday week, the episodes have been strangely spaced out and that's that's my fault due to the holiday week and everything going on so rather than finishing off the week with a mailbag we are just going to round up with some general NFL news I keep things very Titans specific most of the time but there's been quite a bit going on around the NFL over the past week or so so I want to talk about my thoughts on some of the national stories that have been going on so I'm really excited to dive into everything with you guys today a holiday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast let's talk more about the preseason changes about the most explosive Titans on the team and cover some national news let's get it I released of the Locked On Titans podcast, we talked about the cancellation of Game 1 and Game 4 of the Titans preseason schedule, but on Friday, we got some more updates from the NFL Players Association, and it does appear that the players are not quite satisfied with only the first and fourth preseason game being canceled, and a lot of people in the Players Association believe that the entire preseason should be canceled and that it's not quite worth the risk to play meaningless exhibition games when the players could be utilizing that time to be more ready for the regular season and get more accustomed to how everything has changed due to the restrictions from COVID-19. So I wanted to go over the NFL Players Association's proposal for what the schedule should look like from the beginning of training camp at the end of July to the kickoff of the NFL season. So what the NFL Players Association is proposing is that players would show up to training camp and for the first three days 
they would only do medical work and work with equipment. And then for the next 21 days, it would be purely strength and conditioning as they try to get their bodies back ready and into football shape after having a huge layoff and not being able to work on the field with the team. Of course, we know that some players have been getting their individual work. We know that some players have been having secret workouts. Some players have facilities close to where they were staying during the quarantine where they could go get a safe workout in. But then again, just as an example, on the basketball side of things, we have certain players come out and say that they haven't touched a basketball for four months during the entire quarantine. So there could be football players like that who simply have not worked out whatsoever. So three days of medical and equipment would lead you straight into 21 days of strength and conditioning. Then 10 days of unpadded practices, getting those football muscles back together. And then the last 14 days of the preseason would be padded practices. You could have eight padded practices, 10 practices max. And then we would be right there into week one. So that's what the NFL Players Association is kind of putting out there as a possible schedule because a lot of players, like I said, just do not think that any preseason games whatsoever make sense or are healthy. And the NFL Players Association has to look out for the health of their players. But the downside of things, and this is what I hinted at on Thursday's show, talking about the effects on the players. So it's something that I've mentioned before, but we really need to look at how this could affect the Titans, not just the general NFL as well. So anytime that you're cutting out preseason games, who plays most in preseason games? Guys, the undrafted free agents, the bubble guys, the roster is at 90 men for a lot of the time, and it gets cut down to 53 with a practice squad of last year of 10. So you're looking cutting 90 guys down to keeping 63 in your organization. That is a huge cut, and all those guys that are fighting for spots, a lot of them are not going to make it on the Titans, and they know that, but getting tape out there during those preseason games, getting their work out there during practices so coaches know who they are, that can help them get jobs in the future and go to a team where maybe there is more of an opportunity for them to actually play. And The reason that is is because some teams, certain teams, have areas of need where they need undrafted free agents more than they would on other teams like the Titans. Look at the Titans right now, the interior defensive line, the wide receiver position. Both of those spots right there, there is a really high likelihood that an undrafted free agent could come in and get a spot. Think about Khalif Raymond. Think about Cameron Batson. Think about Isaiah Mack. Some of these guys who came in as undrafted free agents and were really able to carve out a role on this team, even in a limited fashion. So there are positions on this team where the Titans could use some undrafted free agent talent if they see them earn that in the preseason and cutting down the preseason games, one, you're probably going to have to give more snaps to starters than you're used to because you have to get them ramped back up and ready to go, which is going to cut down on the amount of snaps that these undrafted free agent guys, these roster bubble guys will get in general. And then you add that to the fact that you're cutting out two games that would be primarily backups and roster bubble guys, the first and the last game. I mean, you're really putting some of these guys who weren't drafted or are kind of veterans floating around looking for an opportunity to stick in the NFL. You're really putting these guys in a bad spot. And I know that the NFL Players Association needs to look out for the health of their players, but I think 
in doing so, they're really jeopardizing the career health of a lot of their members of their union. So it's an interesting dichotomy there between do you focus on the health, do you focus on the economics of the situation? It's funny how the broader topics that are talked about societally in America right now in terms of freedom versus safety, we're in a similar spot talking about this conversation. Uh, you don't want to limit the player's freedom so much that they don't have an opportunity to get a job and, and get work, uh, but you also have to protect them from themselves in certain situations and make sure that they're safe. So it's just a very tough conversation, but there are going to be effects on players on the roster bubble. This doesn't give them as good of an opportunity to get their tape out there, get another job, and then likewise for the Titans, there are areas of need like wide receiver, the back end parts of the wide receiver group, the interior defensive line, which I think is a really, no one is really talking about that, but that's a really big area of concern for me right now going into training camp. So those are areas where this is going to hurt the Titans. And John Robinson talked about earlier in the offseason that, you know, they're going to have to rely more on college tape. They're going to have to rely more on practices than they would in the past. And while I trust John Robinson and everything like that, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the reality is if you look at a guy who's an undrafted free agent like Christian Wilkerson, and even if he has an awesome camp but doesn't get a lot of snaps out on the field, John Robinson will probably just be like, ah, I got to side with Khalif Raymond because I know, I, I at least know. I worry that general managers will be paralyzed by their lack of information and their lack of experience with a lot of these players. And, and because of that, they'll just go with the standard guy that was on the roster that they're comfortable with and they're used to. And I think that could hurt a lot of players. And I think it could hurt the Titans' chances of unearthing a few um, back end of the roster gems with their undrafted free agents. So that's something that I'm going to keep an eye on and, and keep watching. But obviously, how the preseason goes and all of the concerns that I have right now could be elevated even more if the Players Association does find a way to get the entire preseason canceled and go with that schedule that we talked about earlier. So, uh, just wanted to cover all of that with you guys, the new updates, my concerns. Next, we are going to talk about who the most explosive Titans are and do a little bit of a 4th of July celebration Titan style. Before we jump into the fireworks, though, I do want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. So say you're enjoying a great holiday week and somebody shoots a firework into your tire, blows your tire, you're going to need a new tire. Somebody uh, tells you, hey, let's go to the lake for the weekend, blah, blah, blah. You get in a bad spot, can't stop. Your car goes in the lake. Hey, you're going to need uh, to get your car out of there. You're going to need to fix it. I know that's uh, a little ridiculous, but you know what I'm saying. It's summertime. Your car gets hot. It can overheat. There's a lot of craziness going on out there. You need to check out Rock auto.com and one of the main reasons that I like rockauto.com is you don't have to deal with uh, the intimidation factor of going into one of these storefront chains and having them ask you a bunch of pointless questions about your car when you can just pick all of the options yourself look at the exact type of part you need different specifications all kinds of things on rockauto.com all right at your fingertips another thing to think about is if you go to a dealership or a chain front store sometimes 
sometimes they give different prices or better prices to professional mechanics and, you know, worse prices, uh, higher prices to your average consumer who's just trying to work on their car. And, and, and that's really unacceptable. And you don't have to worry about that whatsoever with rockauto.com. You're always going to get the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market bears, like, you know, how airlines do. So rockauto.com is for everybody and it doesn't require a membership. You don't have to have any kind of login, password, anything like that. Go right on to rockauto.com. They have convenient self-service options and they have literally everything you could ever need for your car. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They even have carpet and different aesthetic things like that for your car. So it makes all the sense in the world to do it yourself. Hire a guy that you trust. Everybody's got a car guy that they know. And buy the parts directly from rockauto.com so you get the best price possible. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All of the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com holiday 4th of July Independence Day Saturday special here on the Locked on Titans podcast getting this to you guys hopefully you can enjoy some of this podcast while you're doing your commute to your different barbecues different family events on your way to fireworks however you choose to listen to the show but I hope you guys enjoy the alteration in the schedule here as I know during the holidays it's nice to have something to ride around and listen to as you're doing a bunch of traveling but what I want to do is stick with this 4th of July theme here and talk about the most explosive Tennessee Titans who are bringing the fireworks on a weekly basis to this ball club and I want to talk a little bit about the four top players it is the 4th of July so the four top players on the team that are the most explosive and the first three are rather obvious and I will start with the most obvious of all and that is Derek Henry of course We know about Henry's power, we know about the stiff arm, but what people don't talk about enough is the combination of the speed and the quickness for a man that size. I mean, that's what really makes Derrick Henry absolutely special. We have seen big running backs in the NFL before, Eddie George for example, a previous Titan who is a monster of a man at the running back position. Somebody like a, a Brandon Jacobs, a LeGarrette Blunt. We've seen these huge, big-bodied running backs who will just bowl you over. But they don't have the speed and the agility and the explosiveness of a Derrick Henry. They do not. And that's what makes him special. That's what sets him apart. That's what makes him, quite frankly, a football unicorn at this moment in time. And with no signs of breaking down and an incredible, legendary work ethic, uh, I expect Derrick Henry to keep bringing the fireworks to Nashville, hopefully, for many years to come. Next, we have none other than A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown is getting a lot of buzz in the fantasy community right now. A lot of fantasy analysts are very high on his potential in his second year in this offense as the number one clear go-to option that the Titans need to scheme their offense up to get him involved. And 
One of the big reasons that A.J. Brown is so explosive, it's not that he's making a bunch of catches down the field, high-pointing balls, jumping over guys, but if he gets the ball short, he's so physical and so rocked up from a, from a physique standpoint that he's one of the most difficult guys to tackle in the entire NFL, and we saw that with his average yards uh, per catch last year, over 20 yards Per catch, one of the most explosive players in the NFL, one of the most efficient players in the NFL. A.J. Brown only had 51 catches last year, but had over 1,000 yards and had some of the biggest plays in the NFL from the wide receiver position. And he's able to do that because of his explosiveness with the ball in his hands. Get it to him short, get it to him medium, and he will find a way to take it to a house. We saw it from week one. We knew week one against the Browns. Wow, this guy is is really bringing the explosions on the field. Are my are my analogies a little too spot on? I can't help it, you know. I I, I got this corniness and just gotta share it with everybody. But AJ Brown, obviously one of the most explosive players on the Titans. The stats bear it out. The eye test bears it out. And can't wait to watch him light things up in year two. Next, John New Smith. John New Smith had the second most yards after contact of any tight end in the NFL other than, I believe, Noah Fant from the Broncos. And Jonu Smith wasn't getting quite the opportunity that Noah Fant was getting from the beginning of the season because Delaney Walker was mixing in there and the offense was kind of in flux at the beginning of the season. But Jonu showed late in the season that he is probably the most explosive tight end in the NFL in terms of athleticism after the catch or after the pitch. I mean, remember, Jonu Smith got two runs last year and was absolutely phenomenal. I'm thinking of uh, a play specifically that wasn't a run play, but a third down, they threw it to Jonu short. He was able to break one tackle, muscle through, get a first down on a third and long. The Titans faced a ton of third downs last year. That's something that they have to get better at on offense is being more productive on first and second down. But Jonu Smith routinely caught a short pass, was able to break some tackles because he's so strong and, and find his way to get a first down. And that's something that's really important. Jonu Smith is is mentally aware when he's out there and he's also physically capable. So Jonu Smith is my number three most explosive type. To round out our list of the top four most explosive Titans, I didn't want to just go all offense, and the the top two, AJ and Derek, are, are pretty standard. You guys probably could have guessed that. Janu, slightly a wild card, but it makes a lot of sense if you look at a lot of the statistics here. But the next player is somebody who maybe not. There's no statistics to point to his explosiveness. Maybe um, there isn't a logical path to get there just right off the rip. But when you start to think about it, it does make a lot of sense. And the number four most explosive Titan is Rashawn Evans. Think about the way he explodes through the holes in the line of scrimmage to take down running backs in the backfield. Think about all the goal line stands, the Patriots, the Chargers, against the Ravens multiple times on fourth and one. I mean, Rashawn Evans is diving through, making plays. Multiple times in that Patriots game, he was able to dive through uh, based on the penetration from Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, and others on the defensive line. Jarrell Casey, of course, as well. But Rashawn Evans was able to shoot through gaps, get ball carriers down because he is a tank. He is coming through so fast, and he hits so hard, and he's so explosive 
through his contact that he's going to get people on the ground. And I think Rashawn Evans is going to take a big leap this year in terms of his pass coverage ability and his three-down ability, kind of increase his awareness and his intelligence when it comes to reading the run game and know what offenses are trying to do next and how they're trying to attack him. But his explosiveness through contact, the way he pummels people when he hits, the way he shoots through gaps, gets through the line of scrimmage, all of that, and... Some more statistics have started coming to light from the analytics community throughout this offseason about Rashawn Evans' ability to pass rush. And per uh, someone from Pro Football Focus, forgive me for forgetting exactly who the analyst is at this moment in time, but they said Rashawn Evans was the most effective pass rusher who's typically a stand-up linebacker, of any linebacker in the NFL. So, of course, you have guys who are dedicated edge rushers, and, of course, you have guys who are dedicated off-the-ball linebackers. Rashawn Evans is an off-the-ball linebacker. But, out of off-the-ball linebackers who had pass-rush situations last year, Rashawn Evans was the most effective by far. So, when we think about the edge group for the Titans and how we want to get Clowney in there, we think we need more on the edge. Remember that Rashawn Evans started in college as an edge rusher, and he's incredibly productive rushing the passer, even now as an NFL player. And now that he's more comfortable with his middle linebacker duties, if they can get him involved a little bit more, think if we can get Kenny Vaccaro down as a linebacker again, have Amani Hooker as uh, the safety where Vaccaro would be, have Jayon Brown out there as a pass coverage linebacker, and then we can get Simmons, we can get Landry, we can get Beasley, we can get Evans, we can get whatever combination of four down linemen rushing the passer you want to get, but Evans' ability to rush the passer so well just gives the Titans more versatility, and in my opinion, adds to his explosiveness. He's fantastic, he's a versatile piece, and I think he's really going to blow up this year along with Jeffrey Simmons and a lot of other players on the Titans defense. So that is my top four explosive Titans on this 4th of July holidays that are bringing the fireworks to Nashville every single week during the season. A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Jonu Smith, and Rashawn Evans. Next, we are going to get to some national news in the NFL. The Patriots got a new quarterback, so let's talk about that next. Let's round out today's show with some uh, NFL national news. Just some quick national stories that I don't talk a lot about national news all the time. Only, you know, scheduling things from the NFL preseason. You know, that's national news, I guess. But it directly pertains to the Tennessee Titans and how they will go forward towards the regular season. But we don't spend a lot of time on different news items that happen for other teams. So, uh, quickly, let's just talk about those as we cap off our show. And I will start with um, the furthest news back. And that was Cam Newton signing with the New England Patriots. And, you know, there was concerns because Cam Newton's personality is very flamboyant. He's a flashy guy. If you remember, I think it was 2014, that game against the Titans. Um, Avery Williamson got really upset with Cam Newton in the end zone. Wesley Woodyard, a lot of guys on the Titans defense weren't happy because he was really, really celebrating hard, uh, doing dab after dab after dab in the end zone. And uh, that type of personality isn't necessarily associated with the Patriots. But there are videos out there of Bill Belichick encouraging his guys to celebrate and have personality on the field. I think it'll be a pretty good fit. Now, I don't. I like Cam Newton. I've never been a, a Cam hater, I guess. I think he's a good player. But 
at 31 years old and the punishment that he's taken as a running style quarterback, um, you, you know, he was never an incredibly accurate guy either. It was the combination of his athleticism um, and his his passing game abilities that made him such a an awesome threat out on the field and made him an MVP in 2015. But he's never been super accurate. He's never been great at getting through progressions very quickly. There are certain uh, quarterback specific things that that he's not the best at and if you start losing your athleticism as you get older as a running quarterback sometimes it can be tough to to stay NFL quality uh, when you're dealing with that but Cam's been working hard it seems uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder obviously from what happened in Carolina and I think that the way that they treated him in Carolina at the end some of the things that were said about him and even the way that Carolina's social team acts about Cam Newton. I'm not going to get too far into that, but it's disappointing when he's been one of the best players in franchise history, if not the best down there in Carolina. Won an MVP, took him to a Super Bowl, was the face of the franchise for a long time. Uh, He deserves a little bit more respect from that franchise than he's getting, but I think New England's a good fit. I personally don't believe in Jared Stidham. I don't believe in Brian Hoyer, so it makes a lot of sense that Cam Newton would want that opportunity to to have the best opportunity in the league right now to be a starter, and that the Patriots would want to bring in Cam Newton as the best talent available on the market. And also from his deal, he took a very small deal that's very incentive-driven. So if he plays really well, he can get up to like $7.5 million. But right now, it's like a $1 million deal. So Cam's betting on himself, and the Patriots are taking a low-risk move just in case Stidham and Brian Hoyer are who we think that they are. So it makes a lot of sense. And I'm excited to watch the the Patriots with Cam Newton. The Patriots were set up to be one of the most boring teams in the entire NFL. Move away from wins, losses. You know with Belichick, they'd probably be good. But boring. Just absolutely boring. No players that anybody cares about. Boring quarterbacks. So at least there's a little bit of spice here uh, to add on top of the meal that we're going to eat every Sunday. Because I like watching all the games. I like to watch all the teams uh, along with the Titans. I love football. That's why I'm here. I love football. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And having Cam Newton on the uh, Patriots Patriots just, just makes them interesting to watch, which I appreciate. The next big story is... Another, uh, I guess, moment in our society and how things are changing. We've heard a lot of a lot of talk about this over the years, but it seems like things are really going to change now. And that is the football team in Washington, the Redskins. It, it appears that the pressure is finally getting to Dan Snyder, and a little bit of a Titans tie-in here. The pressure really started when the CEO of FedEx, Federal Express, Fred Smith put out a statement saying that the name needs to change or FedEx, his company, is not going to support the Redskins anymore. And FedEx is the name on the stadium. They play at FedEx Field in Washington. And not only that, Fred Smith, the CEO of FedEx, is a minority owner of the Redskins. He owns ownership stake in the team. So you have a minority owner with a huge name and a big company that's associated with your football team saying, hey, this has to change. And not to mention, Fred Smith is Arthur Smith's dad. So Titans connection. There you go. Um, Nike pulled down all the Redskins merchandise off their websites. It's kind of a, a another power play, leverage, negotiation there. 
And the Redskins came out and made a statement saying, yeah, we're looking into changing the name. So whether you agree that the name should be changed, whether you think it, it matters or it doesn't, it's happening. It's going to change, and it's probably for the best. Uh, 60 years from now, you're going to look back and, and wonder why it was that lo- name for so long. At the end of the day, red skins, referring to somebody by their skin color, referring to a certain group of people or anything like that by their skin color is just not the way to go. It's just not the way to go. So some just to throw some of my suggestions out there, I have said for years, for years, Washington Warriors, don't even change the name. Say you're honoring Native Americans, you're honoring the indigenous people of America, and change it to the Warriors, the warrior spirit of the indigenous people that still helps them survive today. You know, in certain circumstances that aren't always the best in America. So, honor the warrior spirit of indigenous people. Change it to the Washington Warriors. You don't have to change the colors, change the logo, change anything. If you do want to change the logo, everything like that, uh, a name... I didn't make this up or think of this myself. I'm not pretending to, but it's been it's been very popular online, and that is the Red Tails. Change Instead of Red Skins, change it to the Red Tails. Uh, the Red Tails were a, I don't want to botch this whatsoever, but it's just my, you know, my knowledge from being on social media, but the Red Tails were Air Force, I believe they were, they were pilots though, uh, I, I don't know exactly the branch, but they were pilots during uh, World War II eras, uh, the Tuskegee Airmen you've heard of, they were part of that group, but they had uh, Red Tails, the, the tails of their planes were often painted red and they were an African-American um, group, the Red Tails. So right there, you can kind of flip things on their head. Instead of having a name that's perceived as racial uh, and insensitive, you can honor a minority group who fought for our freedoms in the military. Um, the Red Tails, you could have a bi-level plane, obviously older style planes that they flew. So that's a really popular name right now. Way to turn a, a negative into a really big positive. Go from bad PR to excellent. PR uh, with your name. Um, I've seen a, a couple other options out there. You know, obviously all the Washington-related monuments, generals, um, presidents, Lincolns, you know, all the different, like, president, government, Washington, D.C.-related names. I think all those would make a ton of sense, too, but it's a little boring, in my opinion. They should use this opportunity to do something really special. Uh I think Red Tails is pretty solid, but I'm sure someone who gets paid a bunch of money in the Redskins organization will come up with something good. At least I hope. Some of the jerseys that we've seen recently from NFL teams kind of makes me worry. And then the last thing on my list of national NFL news here is um, a trade request. Another one going along with Jamal Adams' trade request. This one is... Not quite the same. David Njoku from the Cleveland Browns, the Browns' starting tight end from 2019, has requested a trade. The Browns signed Austin Hooper to the biggest tight end deal in NFL history over the offseason. They also drafted, I I believe, uh, Harrison Bryant from Florida Athletic out of the draft. And I guess both of those guys are going to have a pretty big role for the Browns, and Njoku is being squeezed out. Quite frankly, he's got a problem with drops. Uh, He doesn't always run the right routes, it appears. There are some concerns about preparation. 
um, concerns about knowing the playbook, um, being dedicated to the sport about Njoku that you hear whispers of. Whether those are true or not, we can't know from a distance, but they are things that, that you hear uh, coming out of Cleveland. Uh, I, I, I don't understand this, and Joku isn't a good enough player to have enough leverage to get traded, but because he's not such an important player, the Browns might be willing to do it. You know, they do have Austin Hooper, they do have Harrison Bryant, like we talked about, and they are planning on using those guys. So uh, I think the NFL is going to much more heavy tight end, heavy fullback sets, as we see the Titans have kind of started down that path for the NFL. The Rams started doing that, going away from their three wide receiver sets that they're used to. I think this year in the NFL, you're going to see a lot more heavy formation football, so the Browns may want to have three solid tight ends on the roster so that they're always good to go. But I think that they could trade Njoku, get about a a fourth, fifth round pick, something like that. And at this moment in time, if you have two players who you want to play ahead of him and he's making noise in the locker room and and, being a distraction to the team, I don't see why they wouldn't take a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick and and just get Njoku out of town, even if he was a first round selection to start. One thing about making mistakes in life and in football in general is you may make a mistake, but the worst thing you can do is be stubborn, not admit that mistake and not try to get better. The Browns need to go ahead and admit the mistake. Njoku, Njoku wasn't a first round pick. He's not a first round quality player. Get something back for him and don't let him poison the well, I guess, in a locker room that's already a tad bit volatile and has a first-year head coach in it. So those are the three big news items from the week in the NFL. That is going to do it for our show today. Now that you are done with this episode of the Locked on Titans podcast, you guys should check out the Locked on Fantasy Football podcast. Never a bad time to uh, start getting ready for your fantasy football season. Start, you know, getting ready to take on your friends and family in weekly fantasy football. I absolutely love fantasy football, so I love the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. I'm trying to get prepared already, doing some mock drafts even. Um, I'm kind of a junkie when it comes to all things football, as you guys probably know, so uh, I'm excited. Check out the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Tell your smart device to play the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast, and it'll pop right up for you. But that is going to do it for me. Again, guys, safe, enjoyable holiday today. I hope you have safe commutes. You have safe experiences with fireworks. Fireworks can be dangerous, man. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but just be careful, folks. I want you all to keep your fingers and ears intact and be safe out there. But mostly enjoy the holiday. Enjoy your friends and family. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Really appreciate all you guys. Happy Independence Day. Happy 4th of July to you all. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titan.